One of the things I think that is interesting about employee engagement is the statistics on it globally are so bad. Employees do not feel like they work at companies that care about them, where they see there's a future. And in a, and in a marketplace like that, is if as a leader, you just make it your focus to get incrementally better, you are going to win this war on talent. And if you win the war on talent, talent is going to take care of everything else. Good employees will not only create an amazing team, they will drive cash flow and they will incrementally improve the customer experience. They will do everything you need them to do to grow your business and protect you in an uncertain environment. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of CX Insider. Today, Greg and I talk to Meredith Elliott Powell, leadership expert who advises businesses how to thrive in times of uncertainty. The next several minutes will cover your daily dose of thought, leadership content, motivation, and inspiration on how to overcome the most burning challenges all businesses are facing at the moment. So enjoy the episode and don't forget to let us know your thoughts on our social media channels. Meredith is a sales strategist, leadership expert, certified speaking professional, and award-winning author. We invited her to the podcast to tell us and tell you her thoughts on the current disruptive environment most people would describe as rather unpleasant. Last year, she published a book called Thrive, Strategies to Turn Uncertainty to Competitive Advantage. So let's get into it, but first, we wanted to hear Meredith's personal story that shaped who she is today. I, I always thought that my career was was sort of uh, different or didn't really make a lot of sense. I started out in uh, public relations and marketing, then I moved into healthcare, and then I moved into the financial services industry. And I never really thought that that progression made much sense until one day I was actually doing a podcast interview and somebody had asked me about my career. And I noticed that while it didn't look on the surface like those businesses had much in common. The truth was I went to work in each one when they were going through massive disruption. I got into uh, the uh, public relations and marketing in the travel and tourism field when a uh, hurricane had completely wiped the community out. I got into healthcare in the United States when we were going through managed uh, care and a lot of government cutbacks to our system. And I got into the financial services here in the US when we were going through a lot of regulation. And what I realized was my area of expertise is disruption change and uncertainty. And when, while most people don't like that, that's, that's what I like. I like to help people take very challenging situations and find the opportunity in those. And I just decided when I figured that out, that I would be much more valuable to an organization and to people outside of a company working with them rather than working for them. So that's that's the path that really led me uh, to create my own business of speaking and writing and coaching and consulting. As if 2020 and 2021 weren't bad enough, 2022 doesn't seem to be any better. The pandemic is over and now we're facing inflation, high energy prices, labor shortages and war. But to put things into a perspective, there's also an article on Google saying 
Hey, by the way, the year 536 was way worse. In fact, it was the worst year to be alive. And I have no doubt that it was. In fact, right now we're living the best times of our society. But there are still a lot of issues that we need to solve. And therefore, Meredith started by explaining the very first step leaders need to do. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, the the disruption, just when we think it can't get any more uncertain, it gets more uncertain. I think of the times that we're in right now, and it makes COVID look uh, look like a small disruption compared to what we're experiencing. The biggest thing that I think leaders need to be doing right now is to stop looking at it as an obstacle and start to look at it as opportunity. Start with your mindset. If you look back through history, and you should look back through history, companies, leaders, organizations, and people have always thrived through times of uncertainty. Not many of them have, but a, but a segment of our global population has always done well. And you need to begin with that mindset to believe that there's opportunity right now. Because if you serve customers, and if you're listening to this uh, podcast, you do serve customers, your customers need you more than they have ever needed you right now to help them decide what they're going to do to stay in business and to remain successful. So I would say my one piece of advice I have a lot more coming behind that. But if I were going to start anywhere, I would start with mindset and start to believe that this isn't a time to pull back. This is a time to embrace and go forward. So moving to one of the most critical challenges right now, apparently labor shortages are number one concern of CEOs in the US. Millions of people left their jobs voluntarily. It seems that during the pandemic, people re-evaluated their priorities and are not willing to accept the same working conditions they did prior to the pandemic. So it's definitely more difficult for companies to hire people and improve employee loyalty. I don't care if you're, certainly it is um, more severe here in the US, but I don't care where you are in Europe, where you are in the world. It doesn't, this isn't about getting employees and people to work. This is about getting really great employees and people who are as passionate about your organization as you are. So you have to start to think about um, labor like you think about customers. This isn't something that when we need to fill an opening or fill a job, we go out and we hire somebody. You need to be thinking about this proactively. I think that you should carry a labor pipeline a pipeline full of employees that you would like to come to work for your company. Because anybody who's really good has a job and they're working uh, somewhere else and you're going to need to recruit them. The other thing you need to do is start focusing so much on, uh, on finding new employees, but focusing on completely re-engaging and rehiring and re-winning the employees that you have. Focus on those retention that, uh, matters. The reason we have an issue here in the U.S., I mean, it's, it's, it's complicated. It's certainly exactly what you said. People retired. We've, you know, our, 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 our birth rate is down. We, you know, haven't, haven't had as many, um, uh, immigrants to come in and fill the positions. It's complicated. However, you know, 4.5 million people left their jobs in November of last year. They left their jobs looking for something. So focus on creating a culture where 
employees are happy, where employees feel that they're a part of your organization, where they feel like they can help you grow. So I think that as leaders, we need to start seeing employees for the value that they are and treat them like we treat customers. If you do that, um, certainly the labor shortages are going to continue, but they'll be your competitor's problem, not your problem. And and, you know, I would say to anybody listening to this podcast who is not in the U.S., learn from us. We've made the mistakes here, wound up in a labor shortage, but don't think that you're immune from it. And never think that just because somebody's working for you, they're engaged. You need people on your team committed and excited. You know, margins are so skinny in today's marketplace. It's hard to make a living. So you've got to make sure that every piece of your business is running right. And labor is your biggest expense. Create the right culture, re-win those employees that you have and work to attract uh, new customers, But I mean, new employees, but do it proactively. The issues that have been mentioned in this episode, the inflation and war, have affected all of us, your managers, your team members. For managers, it's a sensitive topic of conversation to have with their employees. Also because it's very personal and there's not really a simple way to address these issues. First of all, leaders need to, um, need to have the sensitivity and the understanding that when your employees come to work, even if they just come virtually, very few of us come through the door anymore, um, but I'm coming to work with so many issues already on my back. I could have relatives in the, uh, in the Ukraine. I could have, uh, you know, a spouse or a significant other who's been laid off. I could have, you know, someone in my family who's sick. So uh, the, the quality that leaders have to have is empathy and you can have empathy without crossing that line and going too far. So I think we begin, you know, if you have an employee who has always been a stellar employee, but they start, they start showing up late to work, or they're quite not delivering the work that they've delivered in the past, rather than going straight to anger, begin with understanding, knowing your employees. And the other piece, Greg, that I think is important is that, you know, I can say to you, you know, I noticed that things are, uh, you know, I noticed that you really haven't been yourself first and lately. If you want to talk, if I'm here, I'm open to listen. If not, just know that I understand. And so you, you have to begin with empathy and letting employees know that they are cared about. They have a place to come and share if they want to come and share, but at the same time, um, not to go too far to, uh, you know, to, to pry into something. That's also something that you can say in a group setting. I often say to leaders that I coach, don't be afraid to start a team meeting off by saying, these are challenging times. A lot of us have things going on in our personal lives. And while we need to take care of our customers and we need to deliver our work, know that we're here for one another. And I'm here for you as a leader. If you need help, if you need something, please reach out. Just blanket statements like that. Let people know that they're cared about. And if an employee does come to you, listen and listen without judgment. And don't feel pressured that you have to solve their problem. I mean, they're in financial trouble or something like that. There isn't necessarily something you can do. There's so much value just to listening to people. 
On the other hand, right now, there are also many people who decided to, as Meredith says, turn uncertainty into opportunity in a form of taking on a new role, progressing in their career, and they wonder how to succeed with so much negative disruption around. First of all, I would encourage everybody to start to think uh, this way. And I love that you've asked this question because I'm taking my 27-year-old nephew to dinner tonight to have this exact conversation with him. I think there's so much opportunity in the marketplace and he's a smart um, young man who's worked really hard, who's well thought of in his company. And I want him to take some proactive steps to create career opportunity uh, for him himself. And so, you know, I would begin there by saying, you know, if you have done a good job, if you have, you have delivered for your company, then, then take responsibility for your career and your, and your progress. In a perfect world, we would work hard. Somebody would tap us on the shoulder and tell us that the next promotion is just around the corner. But the world is far from perfect and understand that nobody is going to care about your career and your progress more than you are. So my biggest piece of advice is to take ownership of it. The second piece of advice, and this is exactly what I'm going to tell my nephew this evening, is to, again, if you have performed in your role, then set up a one-to-one, a meeting with whomever you report to and sit down and have a conversation. Talk to them about the fact that you enjoy your job, you value the opportunity that they've given you, and you see a future for yourself in the organization. You want to progress. Let them know you're looking for opportunity. Then beyond that, say, here's what I'm doing to learn and to grow. What else do you need from me in order to be um, well positioned for the next opportunity that comes in the company? So you've raised your hand, which is so important in today's marketplace. The second is that you've um, laid out what you've done well. You've said, Hey, just in case you haven't noticed, here's what I've done really well. And then you've opened the door for more advice to understand what the roadmap needs to be for you to be ready for, uh, for the next opportunity. The other piece of advice I have is whether you're in the position um, of your dreams or, or you're looking to move into it is to twofold. Number one, build your network. It will change your life network inside your company and outside your company. Network is the key to career uh, progression and career opportunity, and then continuous learning. Don't wait for somebody else to offer you a class. Spend a few minutes every morning on YouTube or taking a LinkedIn learning course or doing something like that, but educate yourself consistently. Apart from the companies that are struggling to fill empty positions, there are also companies that manage to keep high employee satisfaction. So the last question we asked Meredith was, what are some of these trends that have proven to be effective in terms of employee engagement? Yeah, I think I think there's actually I think there's actually a lot. You know, one of the things about an uncertain marketplace 
is as leaders, there's so little we can control. I mean, just one blip in the economy one way or the other, and it, you know, it, it, it throws things uh, off. Our supply chains are out of our control. The, you know, the, uh, the, the marketplace, our customers, so much is outside of our control. But the one thing you do control, the one thing you have huge influence over are the employees that you surround yourself with. So I think one of the biggest trends and one of the biggest things I see working is leaders who make employee engagement their number one priority. Their focus is the development of their people. Far too often, we move into the position of leadership and we think that uh, our job is to do the job when it isn't. You've already, you've already proven you could perform in a certain role. Your job now is to develop the people around you to be able to do the job. So begin with the fact that realize that hiring great employees is proactive. You need to carry a pipeline, just like you do for customers. You should have a pipeline of 20 people that you know in the industry that you expect in the next three to five years to come to work for your company. And then you need a strategy to go out and win those employees over. How are you going to network with them? What calls are you going to make on them? What things are you going to offer them in order to pull them onto the team? Then the other is you need to be focusing on your culture. Employees want three things in today's marketplace. They want a sense of purpose. People want to do work that matters. They want to be part of something bigger than themselves. So as a leader, you need to clearly define the purpose of your team and help people understand that even if all they do is put a widget in a hole, putting that widget in a hole makes a difference in a customer's life, that they are important. The second thing they want is ownership. They want skin in the game. They actually want to help you grow your business. But far too often as leaders, we block them from doing that. And so Rather than telling people what to do, you need to ask them how to do things. Because when we lead through the power of the question and we ask people how, we give them ownership, voice, and responsibility. You know, if we say we need to, you need to increase sales by 12%, that feels like a burden. If you came to me and said, Meredith, This year, we have to increase sales by 12%. What are your ideas? What are your thoughts? Now I feel like I'm a part of it. This feels different than any place else I've worked. And the last piece is is, um, performance. You know, we ask employees to invest in our company. And the question we really need to be asking ourselves is, am I investing in my employees? So again, leaders, if you want to retain employees, then you need to invest in helping them learn and helping them grow. You need to be clear on where on what they want, um, you know, to ultimately uh, accomplish. Even if it's just getting better in their current position, or if they see themselves with a future in uh, in the company. One of the things I think that is interesting about employee engagement is the statistics on it globally are so bad. Employees do not feel like they work at companies that care about them, where they see there's a future. And in a, and in a marketplace like that, is if as a leader, 
you just make it your focus to get incrementally better, you are going to win this war on talent. And if you win the war on talent, talent is going to take care of everything else. Good employees will not only create an amazing team, they will drive cash flow and they will incrementally improve the customer experience. They will do everything you need them to do to grow your business and protect you in an uncertain environment. If you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to like, share, comment, or subscribe to the podcast on your preferred channel. If you are interested in learning more about what Meredith does, feel free to check out her website provided in the episode description below or her latest book. That's it for me. Enjoy the rest of the episode, which is rapid fire questions, and I will see you in two weeks. What do you do when you uh, sometimes wake up in the morning or maybe go to bed and uh, you realize yourself you are experiencing this um, fear of uncertainty? What do you do in that given moment? Yeah, I have a great exercise that I use. First of all, don't fight it. I mean, do not fight it. Sometimes things happen and they're just scary. I mean, look back to 2020 and we all sat down and, you know, in front of our computers or whatever and watched as the whole world shut down. But write down everything that you're afraid of, everything you're worried about, everything that you hope for. Just get it all out of your head and then divide it into a list of what you can control and what you can't control. And you're going to find that what you can control is a very small list, but focus your time and your energy on what you can control and forget about the rest. One of the biggest things that I've learned about uncertainty from researching it is that, uh, is that success is not logical. Success doesn't belong to the people who are luckier. Success doesn't belong to the people with more money. Success belongs to the people who focus on what they can control and they forget about the rest. Great. What time do you wake up every day? (laughs) I wake up every day at uh, somewhere between 4.30 and 5. I don't set an alarm. Uh, and so somewhere around 4.30 and 5, I'll usually, I usually wake up. What's the best advice you've ever been given? Mm, that's easy. Build your network, change your life. I'm a passionate believer that at any given moment, we are only one connection away from somebody who can help us accomplish a goal, solve a problem, or create an opportunity. So when I walk into a room full of people I don't know, even though that makes me nervous and makes me uncomfortable, to shift my mindset and to believe there's somebody in there who can move me closer to anything I want to accomplish in my life. And that advice is 100% true. Everything good that has ever happened to me has happened through uh, a connection that has been made. What are your three most important values? Mm. Um, Number one, uh, innovation. To be constantly looking for what's new, uh, what's different. Number two is to own it. Uh, Responsibility, everything always stops uh, with me. That it's never anybody else's fault. It's always my fault. I love that value because if it's my fault, I can change um, 
uh, the situation. And then my last one is my last most important value is that is, is an old, um, has to do with an old Buddhist quote that I found that it has to do. It's in essence is to enjoy that they, uh, I found this quote probably 30 years ago and it says the master in the art of living is somebody who you never know whether they're working or playing because you can't tell the difference. And I live my life like that. Every day I play, every day I work, every day I enjoy my family. In any given moment, my life is all jumbled together. I love it. And Meredith, can I ask one more quick fire question, if that's all right? Absolutely. Uh, I always like to ask people if you could interview anyone, like we've interviewed you today, who would you interview? Huh. Um, uh, do they have to be? Do they have to be alive? No, anyone, historical, <laughs> present, yeah, anyone. Well, you know, right now, I think if I could interview anybody in the world, like typically my answer to that question is always Winston Churchill. Um, but right now, I believe that I would like to interview, I would, I would give anything to talk to the president of the Ukraine. I am fascinated by his leadership uh, techniques and just how brave and courageous and inspirational uh, that that he is right now. He embodies everything that um, that a human being and a leader should be. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go with him today. So true. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. What what an uh, what an incredible feat of leadership. Oh, as well. I, just, Talk about rising to the occasion. <laughs> <laughs> rising to the occasion, and um, and in the face of, you know so much that is wrong and unfair and he has just rallied people and um uh and stood at the forefront and just been eloquent and and courageous and inspirational and real and uh yeah we should all um we should all be studying uh ukraine right now because it will i I think to myself quite often that this is going to go down in history as one of the most uh one of the most impressive uh examples of leadership and a lot so much to be uh so much to be learned there that that got me a bit emotional sorry about that (laughs) yes it, 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 it does correct Correct. And, you know, and, um, and, and just to add to that, you know, we all we all look at look at him and say, OK, well, that's war in Ukraine. That's what a leader should be or a leader should do. It doesn't it doesn't have to be that it, you know, looking at what he's doing and how he's leading. That's how we should be leading in our companies. That's what leadership is. It's about courage. It's about authenticity. It's about helping people make uh, the the improvements in their life that they need to make to really uh, make make a difference. Leadership isn't about the challenge in front of you being great or small. It's about doing what needs to be done so the people that are working with you feel cared about, engaged, and feel like they're achieving and making the progress they need to make in their lives. 